Okay, here is the continuation of the teaching and I am Dr. Ruth. Thank you for being with me today. Okay, so we come to verse 13 here and uh, verses 13 all the way to 18 will really talk about how the Lord Jesus was taken to Egypt to protect him there and to prevent Herod from murdering him. Verse 13, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord, this is when they had referring to the Magia, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So here we see an angel appearing to Joseph the second time, except this time is to protect Jesus. Get up, he said, Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. <laughs> you see how we are seeing Joseph, an obedient heart, okay, obeying the Lord. But obedience to God is significant to protect us. Verse 14. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where, this, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord has said through the prophet, out of Egypt I call my son. This prophecy came out of Hosea 11.1. 1. It's amazing. We are already seeing the various prophecies surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. We see how King Herod was attempting to kill him. And we see how Joseph, with an obedient heart, is heeding to God's prompting. He's taking the child to Egypt. Egypt here has a very parallel, or is very parallel to what we learned during the Old Testament. We see how the, 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 the nation of of uh, Israel in their infancy went into Egypt and then now we see the Lord Jesus as a child going into Egypt. Glory to God. Okay, and uh, Bible scholars say that Egypt back then was a very sophisticated uh, country and uh, so it was a very uh, protective area and it was outside the providence or outside the dominion or outside the control of King Herod. So it was a very safe place for Joseph and Mary to take Jesus Christ to. Verse 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magia, <laughs> he realized that he had been deceived he was furious. He got mad and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magia. We see how, like I mentioned earlier, when the Magia or the astronomers appeared to the Lord Jesus, he, he was somewhere around one to two years old. So King Herod learned that he had been outsmarted by the Magia. So he gave an order. He was angry. Gave an order for genocide, if you will. Massive killing of all... <laughs> oh boy. This was horrible. He gave orders to kill all of the boys two years and under, hoping that by killing all of them, he would kill the child Jesus Christ, who was under two years old. 
Verse 17, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Again, this was a prophecy out of Jeremiah 31, 15. Let me read this prophecy. Verse 18, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And if you... Recall, if you have read or if you have listened to my Old uh, Testament uh, teaching, Rachel was Jacob's uh, favorite wife, okay? So she was considered mother of a nation because Jacob uh, gave birth to the 12 sons who later became the 12 tribes of Israel. So we also know that or we are told in Genesis chapter 35, right around verses 19 through 20 there, that Rachel was buried uh, right near to Bethlehem. So this is a prophecy out of Jeremiah 31, 15. It's like Rachel just weeping from a tomb about all the boys that were being killed in that area at that time. Again, we see another prophecy being fulfilled surrounding the birth or another prophecy being fulfilled regarding to the circumstances, circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Ruth here. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to share with you our ministry offer that is available to you as a donation to this ministry throughout my teachings out of the Gospels. So, I have two resources that I know will bless you tremendously because these two books have blessed hundreds of people. So, the two books all have to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ. So, the first one is titled, Who is the Real Jesus? And the second one is titled, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? So for a ministry donation of $50 or more, this includes shipping and handling. If you live here in the USA, we will mail these two books to you today. Okay, it will provide added clarity, added teaching about the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Christ. These are phenomenal resources that would add into the teaching here I'm doing in the Gospels and, and help you to really have a deeper revelation and walk with the Lord. So again, this comes to us as a donation and we thank you in advance for considering that. Again, the books are Who is the Real Jesus? And the other one is Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? For a ministry donation of $50 or more if you live in the USA. But if you cannot afford both books and you just want one, it's okay too. We thank you for your donation. So who is the real Jesus for a donation of $25 or more, including shipping and handling? And then the other book, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus, would be $35, including shipping and handling. We will mail these books to you today. The advantage of getting both books is that you would save $10, okay? So again, this ministry offer is only available for those who live within the USA because we cannot ship 
overseas. But if you live overseas and you're listening to me, you can get these books from Amazon. So here is how you can donate through us directly to get this book as a ministry offer. Our safe and secure website is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And then uh, if you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here's the telephone number for Zelle. 909-501-9031. Again, 909-501-9031. And then we also accept donations through Cash App. And the name there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Or if you just want to bless us with a one-time donation to help us produce more teachings like this and pay for studio time, we thank you abundantly uh, from the bottom of our hearts. And God says thank you. And God is so faithful that he will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. So I want to thank you in advance for purchasing this additional ministry resources to help you to gain a better revelation of your lord and savior jesus christ again we thank you here is the teaching okay we pick it up here in verse 19 and um verses 19 all the way to the end of this chapter which will be verse 23 we'll talk about how the Lord Jesus Christ returned to Nazareth. I pick it up here in verse 19. After Herod died, so eventually Herod died of an incurable disease like I had mentioned earlier, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Again, we see God appearing to Joseph again in a dream, giving him instructions and said, this is verse 20, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So again, Herod has died of an incurable disease. Verse 21, so he got up, this is Joseph now, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. Verse 22, but when he heard that Achilles was reigning in Judah in place of his father Herod, let me pause here. Right before or right around the time of uh, Herod's death, he further divided the district into uh, three parts and gave them to his uh, three surviving sons. And one of his sons, Achilles, hopefully I'm saying that name correctly, uh, took over Judah, uh, Judah okay, uh, the province area of Judah there. So that is what this is saying. In verse 22, let me just reread that. But when he, referring to Joseph, heard that Achilles was reigning in Judah in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. Bible scholars tell us again that Achilles, like his father, King Herod was a wicked, ruthless man. So one wicked man died who was ruling over the uh, district of Judah and his son Achilles, just as wicked, took over. So uh, because of this, Joseph was redirected 
to the district of Galilee. Again, we see God protecting and directing the steps of Joseph to protect his will, to protect the Messiah, overcoming the plans of the evil one. Glory to God. Verse 23. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. And this is referring to uh, Jesus Christ. But Bible scholars tell us that there are no specific Old Testament prophecies uh, saying that he shall be called a Nazarene, referring to uh, Jesus Christ. Nonetheless, uh, Bible scholars tell us that the uh, citizens of uh, Nazareth or the Nazarenes were very much despised and hated by the other Jews uh, which is which parallels or which is consistent with what Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 3 through 5, that Jesus Christ was hated and he was despised by others. So we come to the major principles and applications we have learned from Matthew chapters 1 and 2. If you recall my teaching out of the Old Testament, I will do a similar thing here in the New Testament with regards to these principles and application. These are principles I have discussed throughout the verses, but I just summarized them here for you as a take-home message. So we get straight into it. Principle number one. We learned about God's sovereignty over his creation, <laughs> over Satan, we saw how God was protecting the child, the Lord Jesus Christ, leading and guiding Joseph and his family to clear, to get away from the plots or the plans of Satan who was walking through King Herod. Principle number two, we saw God protecting his will. Okay. The uh, principle number three out of these two chapters is the virgin birth, the supernatural conception of Mary by the Holy Spirit. The most significant <clears throat> principle out of these chapters, the underpinning of the Christian faith. I talked about that already. Jesus was a perfect man. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. The fourth major significant principle here is that of prophecy. And I said throughout the first two chapters how the book of Matthew really brings into the forefront the prophecies of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. It showed him fulfilling these prophecies. And the first two chapters of this gospel, chapters 1 and 2, really brought into the forefront about 10 prophecies surrounding the birth of Jesus. So what I want to do right now, before I even proceed, I want to go over the 10 prophecies surrounding the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, into this world, really just to really 
I hate to use the word convince, just to allow the Lord to use that to speak to your heart if you are still doubting that Jesus Christ is indeed the Messiah. Jesus Christ is indeed the Savior and the promised one who was to come, who has come, died on that cross, resurrected, and is alive to help you if you want to accept his free gift on Calvary's cross. So I will go through this prophecies here. If you have a pen and paper, this is a good time for you to write this down. Or if you are driving, just listen. And for those of you who are really interested in this, I have a book titled, Can I Trust the Bible as God's Word? What is the evidence? I really, really highly recommend you get that book because I go into details about these prophecies and many other prophecies, which I don't have time to go over here, really to just show you that Jesus Christ is who really he is. And prophecies that were all fulfilled by Jesus Christ 100% is one of the key evidence that we can trust God's word, i.e. the Bible, as the only inerrant, the infallible, the inspired, holy scriptures, word of God. There are 10 evidences to prove that the Bible is truly inspired by God, and prophecies is one of them. So let's go over 10 prophecies surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. Prophecy number one, the Old Testament prophesied out of Genesis 315, that the Messiah would be the seed of a woman. And we saw that happening here. Also, Galatians 4, 4 reiterated that. <clears throat> we saw that Jesus was God 100%. He was man 100%. Mary had a supernatural conception. Prophecy number two, the Messiah would be a descendant of Abraham. That was prophesied in Genesis 12, 3. And we know that Matthew really outlined this in the first chapter of the book there, right away in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Prophecy number 3 that was highlighted in the first two chapters of this book, the Messiah would be a descendant of Isaac. This was prophesied in Genesis 17, 19. Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. And we saw that here in the book of uh, Matthew. In just the first chapter. Prophecy number four. The Messiah would be a descendant of Jacob. That was prophesied in Numbers chapter 24 verse 17. And uh, the gospel of Matthew highlighted that in Matthew 1, 2 and 2, 2. Prophecy number five. The Messiah would be from the tribe of Judah. Hoo-hoo, glory to God. Boy, this was prophesied in Genesis chapter 49 verse 10, and we saw that here in the uh, first two chapters in the Gospel of Matthew. And um, prophecy number six, the Messiah would be an heir to the throne of David. This was prophesied in Isaiah 9, 7, and we see that also prophesied and emphasized here in the first two chapters of Matthew. Prophecy number seven, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. We, I talked about that. This was prophesied in Matthew chapter five, verse two. The gospel of, uh, of Matthew highlighted that in the first two chapters. We went over that already. 
the Messiah would be born of a virgin. We talked about this, Isaiah 7:14. I brought this to your attention, and Matthew actually told us this, this too in the uh, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. And prophecy number 9, the Messiah's birth would trigger a slaughter of children. I brought this to your attention. This was prophesied in Jeremiah 31, 15, and Matthew brought this to our attention Right away, we discussed this in the first two chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. And the tenth prophecy surrounding the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The Messiah would also come from Egypt. We talked about this. Hosea 11.1. 1. Remember, I talked about how the Lord directed Joseph to take uh, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, to Egypt to escape the uh, threat or the plan of the evil one, King Herod, who had planned to kill all the children two years or below. So we see how just the first two chapters in the book of Matthew already gave us or discussed ten prophecies. Ten prophecies that were prophesied in the Old Testament surrounding the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And how these prophecies were fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. Boy, are you still doubting? Really? Are you still doubting? I mean, this Jesus Christ, as we will find out throughout the Gospels, fulfilled all of the hundreds of prophecies exactly Perfectly, 100%. It was no accident. Again, I don't have time to talk about prophecies. I'm so excited. I want to teach more on that. But just due to a lack of time, I have to move on. Please get my book, Can I Trust the Bible as God's Word? I talk more about prophecy and and, uh, provided more details there. So that was the fourth and significant principle we learned out of just the two first chapters of this book. So what is the application, the big application here? I think this is obvious. (laughs) Obedience is essential for God to fulfill his plan on the earth and in our individual lives. So if you have been disobeying God, you know what that means? That means you are limiting God's ability to walk in and through you. Jesus tells us, as we will find out moving forward, that really the Christian life can be summed up to three things. Love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. Obey him and serve him. Because when you love God, you will obey him and you will want to serve him. So when we obey God, we would heed to his advice and that would allow God in a way to move through us and for his will in our personal life and in the life of the church collectively and his will for the earth to come to pass. So we have a big role to play in allowing God's will to come to pass in our lives, in the world, by obedience. Because God has given us a free will. We, our disobedience, please listen to this. Our disobedience cannot, can never prevent God's sovereign will from Coming to pass, God would just find somebody else who will obey him. (laughs) Even our disobedience in our personal lives will really only prevent us from 
enjoying the benefits of a blessed relationship with God through Christ. And it would prevent us from living that blessed life that Jesus Christ came to give us here. But if we disobey God, God will always find somebody else who will obey him. There are always many people who are willing to obey God. So in your personal life, the key is that learn to discern the voice of God in your heart. And how do you do so? Spend time in his word, studying the scriptures. Okay? Because Jesus says, my sheep know me and I know them. My sheep hear my voice. That is out of the gospel of uh, John chapter 10 verses 27 through 29 right about there. So if you are a born again believer, you are able to discern the voice of God through his word and the inner promptings in your heart. But you have to obey them in order to allow God's will for your life to come to pass. So obedience is crucial in the life of a believer. Okay. And the the other major application here, which is really what I really want to talk about is the free gift of salvation. Jesus Christ came into this world. He is the Messiah, the promised one, the Savior, the one prophesied throughout the Old Testament that would come into this world and redeem mankind from that sinful nature inherited from our common ancestors, Adam and Eve. I've talked about this throughout the teaching. Jesus Christ did not come here to reform us. Jesus Christ did not come here to set up a physical kingdom. He will do that at his second coming. Jesus Christ did not come here to, to, to teach us to, to change. Jesus came, please, this is so important. Jesus came to give us a new heart, to give us a new life, a blessed life, a life that is abundant, in this life, a life that is fulfilling, prospering in this life. Jesus came to give us a new heart, to change us from the inside out. He didn't come to reform us. He came to save us, to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sinful nature, to save us from the bondages of sin. He came to deliver us from that to bring us into prosperity in every area of life, joy, peace. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, Savior of the world. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah? I have just gone over 10 prophecies showing us clearly he was and he is the Messiah, the only anointed one. He had his ministry here on the earth. He has had his earthly ministry here for about three years. I talked about that already. He died, was buried. After the third day, he was resurrected, raised from the dead. He overcame death. He abolished death. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he has paved the way for whosoever we believe in him to come into a relationship with God. The Bible tells us in John 3, 16, and I am paraphrasing, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
whosoever is you. It's a choice. That's anyone who believes. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah? Do you believe that he died for your sins on that cross? Do you believe he was raised from the dead after three days? If you do, that is great. Because the Bible says in Acts 4.12, there is only one name given unto mankind by which salvation must come. The man Jesus Christ. Because he fulfilled all of God's perfect laws. He fulfilled all prophecies 100% perfectly. No human being... Boy, statisticians have studied the prophecies of Jesus Christ. Again, I don't want to get into that. And they have come to the conclusion that no human being could have performed or fulfilled those prophecies perfectly 100% except the Messiah, Jesus Christ, because he fulfilled them perfectly. Perfectly. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in his miracles? If you do, the Bible says it is simple. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. He will come into your heart and start to change you and give you that new heart that he came to give all of mankind. But we have a choice. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. Okay? Allah Krishna cannot save you. I said earlier, Buddha cannot save you. Muhammad cannot save you. These were human beings who were birthed into this world by a woman and inherited the sinful nature. They cannot even save themselves. They needed Jesus Christ to save them. Jesus Christ is the only human being in the history of the world who had this supernatural virgin birth that I explained. So if you believe in your heart in Jesus Christ, his, his miracles, the prophecies that he fulfilled, and you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, he wants to do so. So if you are driving, you can either pull over or you can just repeat this simple prayer after me, but please keep your eyes open. Just say, dear God, forgive me. For all of my sins. Today. I believe. In my heart. And I am confessing with my mouth. That Jesus Christ. Was and is the Messiah. He died for my sins. And on the third day. You raised him from the dead. He is alive today. Dear God. Today, I accept the forgiveness of Jesus. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and change me and make me a new person. By faith, I believe and I am declaring you have accepted me. By faith, I am declaring I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Dear God, fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. So I can be emboldened to live the Christian life. By faith, I believe I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you said that prayer for the very first time, based on the authority of the Holy Scriptures, I declare you a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ.
You do not have to experience an emotion to accept this. We accept this by faith because the Bible says in Ephesians 1.13 that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And like I said earlier, Jesus himself said in John 10, 26 through 29, that no one will ever snatch you from his hand. You are a child of God. Welcome into God's kingdom, the kingdom of light. What needs to happen next is that you need to find a Bible-believing church and you start attending there and you start serving God. And friend, God will reveal more of himself to you. He will strengthen you through his Holy Spirit. He will take you places you can never go on your own effort. In Jesus' name. And if you believe in your heart, you are a Christian and you have walked away living in disobedience, living in sin, God loves you. He wants you back living correctly. So today I am going to give you the opportunity to rededicate yourself to God. So again, if you are driving, you can just say this prayer with your eyes open or you can pull over. Just repeat after me. Dear God, forgive me for living in disobedience. God, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and be my Lord in every area of my life. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me right now and strengthen me so I am able to live as a child of God. Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. I present myself to you as a living sacrifice. Lead and guide me unto all truths. Lead and guide me into the correct way to live. I believe by faith, God, you have accepted my prayer. I am a living sacrifice. Help me, God, to live as a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you said that prayer, God has accepted you. You have been forgiven. And I want to quickly highlight that for those of you who said the prayer for the first time and those of you who rededicated your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, keep in mind that the prayer itself is not what will save you if you are saying the prayer for the first time or the prayer itself is not what will allow God to accept you as, as you rededicate your life to him. Rather, it's your heart. God is looking at the heart. Okay, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is God and you believe in your heart that you want to rededicate your life to Christ. If you believe that, the prayer it's just a confession of what you believe in your heart. I just needed to clarify that because it's what is in the heart that matters to God, okay? So hopefully your hearts, your hearts were correct and you accepted Jesus Christ with a pure, genuine heart and you rededicated your life to Jesus Christ with a pure, genuine heart, okay? And then lastly, for all of those who have accepted Jesus Christ for the first time, would you please contact us so that we can send you some free materials to help you grow as a Christian and to really walk by faith and trust God with your life? Father God, I thank you for all of the listeners today. In the name of Jesus, I come to your throne, Father. For all those who have listened to me today, I pray, Father God, for your Holy Spirit to strengthen them, to live daily as a child of God, 
to be obedient to your holy laws because your laws are there to to help them. Your laws are there to help us. Your laws are there to protect us. Father, help us, Holy Spirit, to live lives that glorify you. We thank you for your protective care over our lives. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us and for redeeming us from ourselves. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We thank you for being such a good God that you loved us even when we did not deserve it. And you continue to love us even when we don't deserve it. We thank you, Father God, for your love, for saving us, for protecting us, for keeping us, for knowing us personally. We thank you. Father, I have prayed in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone says, Amen. Boy, what an amazing lineage that clearly reveals the Lord Jesus as the Savior of the world. As Dr. Ruth said, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, please contact us so that we can send you additional materials to help you grow in your journey. You can email us at info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Or write us at Dr. Ruth Tiny Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. If you live overseas, add USA at the end of the address. Also visit our website, drruthtiny.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G for additional Bible teaching resources. I am Chris Horan. Goodbye for now.